Well, welcome everybody to the Pursuit Collective. My name is Joe O'Neill. I'm here with my good friend and co-host Mark Cook, and Mark's going to introduce our special guest today. Absolutely, guys. So we are super excited to welcome Matt Beecham, who many of you might have heard that name before. Um, I know I grew up watching Fuel TV a lot when that was still around, and Matt was a host on the show. Um, for anyone that has ever seen or has watched the Purpose film, this was a resource that we put out with Ryan Nature back in 2013. Matt was a part of that as well, and great friend, um, fellow leader within Action Sports. Matt is the Mid-Atlantic Regional Director for Christian Surfers, a ministry partner of Ryan Nature that we've been able to work together with them a lot in the past. And Matt, we're stoked to have you on the show today, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So um, for those listening, maybe share with us or share with them a little bit of, of where you're based out of right now and and maybe even give a little plug to Christian Servers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as life would have it, uh, made, I've made my way back to my hometown of Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. I'm finally in full-time ministry. I was always doing ministry on the side of uh, all the surf stuff I did in my life. And, uh, um, you know, I had some other jobs outside of ministry since, and, you know, just felt the calling to, to be in full-time ministry and, um, and wound up taking a position with Christian surfers, um, and, am a regional director for them. So oversee some chapter, um, some chapter stuff in the mid Atlantic and the Northeast. And it's been fun, man. It's been a great, great time. So good, man. And and married, you've got like what eight kids? No, I have two daughters. They're age two and three. And yet, my wife and I uh, started a little family here. Got them on a surfboard yet? I uh, ha- yeah, they're very interested in the ocean. So like, it's funny watching a kid get comfortable with the ocean. They love surfboards. Whenever they see them, they like stand on them and stuff. But uh, both of my kids started out with zero fear as babies just charging down to the waterline. And, you know, you'd have to save them from certain death. And uh, and then they then they got fearful and then they started to get less fearful. So it, it's weird to kind of see fear ebb and flow in a as a kid goes from like age zero to one to two. Totally. Yeah, for sure, man. I've seen that with my own kids. That's actually on, especially on a skateboard, like they're real good right right off the bat, just kind of charging it, and then you get them into a situation they get a little bit older, and all of a sudden it like, kind of like digresses a bit or regresses a bit, hmm. I guess. Yeah. Hey, so I don't know a lot about like um, you know your your surfing career, and so I would love just to, to hear a little bit about how you grew up um, there in North Carolina surfing and what that was like for you, and kind of coming up and and uh, even like how in the world did you end up on Fuel TV? <laughs> and so just walk us a little bit through that, man. Right. Yeah. So I'll tell it in the context of kind of winding up in, in, uh, entertainment world. Um, I was just kind of a funny kid with the video camera and it's like, if my friends were over, I was trying to like write a SNL skit type skit for us to video at home. I just always thought that was so fun. So I just, anytime we had these cameras around, we were trying to get surf footage on trips and we're in our hometowns or whatever. Inevitably I would do something stupid or funny with the camera. And then sometimes that would make our movies. Right. And sometimes it kind of became like a, a I, I was just kind of the comic relief part of our movies because I had this funny stuff. And we were like, we should put this skit in after the credits, you know, whatever. Or during while the credits are rolling, we'll have all this goofy footage of everybody. And I was kind of a ringleader for that stuff. So all of a sudden I had all this like funny footage over the years. And 
um, I remember I would sit down with uh, my buddy, Jesse Schlunz. He was an editor and a filmer in California and a surf movie maker. Um, and every now and then I would just be like, dude, can I give you a little bit of money and just sit down with you uh, today and, and we'll make a reel, right? So then every now and then I would make like a reel of this funny stuff. It'd be like four minutes of my past funny stuff. I just had this feeling like while I was that age and out there in California, I should have this on my hands. And uh, I had like an agent for modeling and stuff like that. And, they, and so I, like I passed it to them and I passed this stuff around and you kind of send stuff like that out to sea sometimes and you have no idea whether it'll come back or not. You just say, Hey God, I would, I would like to do something in this vein. And, um, and we just continued, uh, you know, making our movie projects. A lot of those were Christian films and stuff. And, um, but, uh, I had some opportunities along the way, but, but yeah, one towards the end of my career, you know, the surf career is a, a young man's career. So I was getting close to 30 years old, but that was right about the time that this opportunity kicked in uh, at about 28 years old. And, and believe it or not, one of those reels that I had made fell into the hands of a director that had the idea to do this show. And he saw my reel and was like, this is our guy, guys. This is our guy. Well, we're not even going to cast. We'll just shoot a pilot with him. And if he blows it, well, then we'll cast it. But if, he does, but if he does good, this is our guy. And it and it was one of those times in life where I was like, and that guy's name was Matt Jones. And back then he worked for Fuel TV. And he's a hard guy to track down because his name is Matt Jones. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Matt Joneses out there. Yeah, he uh, he just like pretty much got me the job. And then, yeah, it was a cool four-year thing. A lot of travel and a lot of awesomeness. But uh, I was always so thankful. And what was cool was, all those kids I got to hang out with, I got to hand them our old Christian surf movies and a lot of them watched it. And a lot of those kids I still know to this day, you know, it was a youth athlete show that we did, but um, yeah, that's how that happened. And, and you, I could only thank God. I was like, man, God, you open doors, you close doors. And it's so awesome when you open one like that. Yeah. That's super cool, man. Yeah. So if anybody is wondering what show it was, New Pollution, that was the name New of it. New Pollution. New Pollution, which is a good name. Yeah, um, so New Pollution on Fuel TV, which doesn't exist anymore. It kind of morphed into uh, Fox Sports 1, I believe. I believe that's what it's still called. And uh, yeah, it was a Fox program. We definitely need to try to get Fuel TV back. <laughs> you know, they had a, they had a great eight-year run. Um, and I'm not exactly sure exactly what happened, but I think they sort of plateaued in ratings, and that's no good in that world that you know, they had saturated their market, but. Well, you've been, I mean, so, so for as long as I've known you, even before we ever did anything together, um, there's a, an organization that was around for a long time. I think they still might be doing some stuff, but Brian Jennings had walking on water and they did a film and you were part of at least one walking on water film, right? The Noah's Ark film, but were you, were you another one as well? Yeah. What was crazy about that is, um, we were on the East coast making these Christian surf movies where in between yeah. the surf parts, guys would share their faith. And, uh, I had sort of seen that example as a kid growing up. There was this movie called Sunriders made by some California guys like Mike Lambrizi and, yeah. and uh, Joey Baran and those guys. And so I sort of had that idea in our head. And there was a local kid down here making movies called Nick McLean. Uh, Nick is now a full-on director yeah, for commercials and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Nick is really good. But, uh, but he was like, I'm making a surf movie. And I was like, what, what if we made a Christian surf movie? And he's like, huh, I never thought about that. But he, he and I made two movies together and while we were doing that on the east coast brian jennings had made 
one or two movies on the West Coast that were Christian surf movies. And eventually we just started joining forces with Brian and Walking on Water and that whole crew. And, and that led to several kind of working together on, on several things over the years. Well, dude, we, um, when we first started Right Nature, we were all about using the Walking on Water films. And, and we believe, I mean, media, and it's part of the reason we're even doing this podcast right now, is media is such a powerful tool to reach people. And so when we had started Right Nature, I had reached out to Brian. I said, hey, man, is there any way we could get a bunch of copies of these films? Or is there any that are in Spanish? We were traveling to a lot of Latin American countries. And um, along the path, like what would happen is we would go into a community. Well, it wouldn't be all surfers. It'd be a bunch of skaters. You know, we'd do an outreach event and we would try to play the walking on water films that were surf movies at a skate park. And, and some skaters are pretty stuck up. They're like, no, we don't want to watch a surf yeah. film. You know, we're, we're skateboarders. And, um, and so I reached out to Brian and I said, hey, man, I would love to partner. We would love to partner with you guys and try to create a film that has like a lot of action sports in it, not just surf or not just skate. And that was the whole concept of the purpose film is to get athletes who were doing these sports or like a part of the action sports community for a purpose, you know, to leverage their platform for the kingdom and immediately I remember when we were talking to Brian, he was like, I was like, who do you think we should use? And, and, and your name was on the top of the list. He was like, we need Bat Beecham. He's like, you guys got to get Bethany Hamilton. And, um, and we ended up having like, man, we had a, a pretty fat stack of people that were part of that project that were amazing athletes, yeah, especially sure. in the surf world. I think our, the, the surfers. Yeah, that was a great project, Mark. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I'm not going to lie, like when I look back at it, I think there's a lot of things I would do different. It was the very first thing we had ever done in the world of media. So that to me was like, um, I was really proud of it. It was like, you know, it was like the short skits you were doing back in high school. But uh, I'm sure like if, if we go back and, and do it all over again, we maybe mix things up a little bit. But the Lord used it. Man, we're still extremely grateful, obviously, for your involvement. And so so in the world of media, you know, beyond beyond the surf films, you've now you've played a role in a couple other hollywood films too right yeah over the years i met a few people that were making uh films and that was always an interest of mine um you know back to that agent i had i had an agent in san diego that i was pretty active with and uh and and in my 20s they would send me on castings all the time and i'd I'd be driving up to la and stuff and i really got to realize what it's like to not get a bunch of jobs in a row so time I got something after that, uh, I knew it was a great opportunity, but those times that I was in film films was just, uh, uh, through friends. In fact, back to Brian, I was, I got, I did a couple roles through some, some guys he introduced me to years ago. And then, but recently, uh, yeah, I've become friends with, um, a great director. His name is David Dar. He's done a ton of award-winning documentary stuff. And uh, he's moving into narratives, whatever. But yeah, we wrote a short film together and did it, uh, shot it last August. And and that's going to premiere at uh, in New York at uh, Tribeca Film Festival. So and, and then it'll bounce around some more festivals after that and eventually find a home somewhere. But it's called The Angler. So that's sort of our um, our little short film that that we got going right now. And that was super fun to do like so much of the background stuff for that it was like a bucket list thing for my wife and i and uh one of our daughters is in it as well dude so, so it's you it's it's uh it's you your wife one of your daughters and um what's like give us a little synopsis of the story it's basically a love story with a twist and if i just leave it at that it'll be way more interesting 
Is that something that's going to be available to watch uh, online at some point as well? I think so. Although, though I don't know that for sure, whether, I mean, obviously uh, these days, if it's, if it finds its way on a platform, it's probably viewable somehow online through a subscription or something, but we haven't even gotten there yet. So, so it'll premiere in New York at Tribeca and then we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah. He has several film festivals lined up after that. And, um, it was just kind of have fun bouncing around those. So, well, talk to me a little bit since you do have such a um, a broad experience in media and in the arts. Like, how has that? How have you understood like how that can be used of the Lord? Um, not only just to enjoy more of His creativity and more of His beauty and more of His um, the way in which He expresses Himself towards us, but like how then have you been able to use that or experience that in your own life to? to further his kingdom or to uh, appreciate him more. Just, you know, I think sometimes we can think, oh, that's that's its own separate thing out there. That's its own pursuit. But really, the Lord, you know, gifts us and wires us and then uh, allows us to use so many different things in the pursuit of him and his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like probably any other Christian in this is, is uh, I have the because I know the Lord and know the hope that that has and how really nothing matters, um, uh, you know, set against it, really nothing matters or compares to it. I have a, you know, innate compulsion to share that. And when I haven't shared that in a while, or I'm not sharing it, there's almost like a depression that comes with that. Um, so, you know, obviously the goal is to always share Christ in a meaningful way, in a real way, you know, I'm big on sharing it in a real way. Um, but if I'm not doing that, it's just life really doesn't make much sense. And I've had some periods of time where I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta get going with, you know, uh, figuring out how God wants me to share him with people. So I do have that like compulsion. It's a great compulsion, um, to tell people that there's good news and that, that made its way through my surf career. You know, i I was like, man, my circ, you know, in my heart of hearts, I was like, my circ career has meaning because we are making these projects as we go that are sharing Jesus with people. And as an adult, you get into a job here and there as an adult that's not doing any, any ministry whatsoever. And you feel kind of, you know, sometimes very lacking because of it. So at least this stage right now in life, it's very fulfilling to be in full-time ministry. Um, you know, if you're in a position like I am, I had to go out and find people that were willing to support me to do that. And that's, that's the way our ministry is set up. Um, but outside of that, like, um, you know, I am full time. I have the time now to share Jesus with people. Like when we get off here, uh, by the end of the day, uh, today on my calendar, I'm supposed to write this devotional and have it in so that it can come out on Monday. Uh, cause it's my turn to do it. And just that right there, like if you have a, nine to five job and kids, you're going to have a hard time carving out three hours to write a devotional, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I just have the time to do ministry right now at this stage of my life. And it's, it's cool like that, man. I'm thankful for it. Absolutely. And Mark, you and I were even talking about this at lunch in a different way, but when you know that the Lord has called you to something and you know, you, you have an understanding of the gospel and his kindness and grace towards you, then, you know, Matt, what you're talking about, everything else just sort of shrinks and diminishes because Christ and his goodness becomes so large, then everything else sort of becomes less and less and less important. Where you live, what you're doing, 
all those kinds of things. As long as you as you understand like how the Lord has wired and called you into seeking His kingdom, so mm-hmm. I think it's cool to watch how v- varied and how creative the Lord is in calling different people to do different things for His sake. Absolutely. Well, I got one thing. So, man, every everything I've ever seen from you, Matt, and hopefully this is not going to be offensive. I don't think it will be. I think I think you'll actually be. It's like a compliment, really. But um, the time that I've spent with you, from everything I've seen with you, you've always reminded me of like a combination of Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. <laughs> Bro, I mean, you're just a fun person to be around. You're goofy. You're fun. You're happy. I've never really, you know, ever seen you probably in a bad mood. Um, But the other thing that I've always recognized is you've never compromised your faith. You've always been really transparent about your faith. And um, were there, were there, I mean, in the, in the secular world of surfing, do you, do you feel like you experienced a lot of pushback on that? Or do you feel like people were okay with you being a believer? Yeah, well, you know, everyone knows, you know, where they're at with Christ and we all kind of, you know, Christ is so holy and we're so unholy that when someone gives us a compliment like that, I'm like, oh, if you only knew how I need to get my act together. <laughs> but I do feel like the, the God gave me the joy of the Lord in most circumstances. But, you know, I, I gravitate towards joy and joyful situations because that is the best way to live life. And that's where I feel free. I do get trapped in the same kind of depression that some people get trapped in sometimes. And yeah, that was in my in the surf world. Obviously, it was weird. I feel like the Lord just kind of had us protected on that. Obviously, I have like memories of being at a party in high school or whatever, where there was like, you know, actual verbal and possibly if you take it too far, physical persecution for having faith. You know, you just find yourself cornered sometimes as a Christian with a kind of like a mob mentality against you. Just gonna happen. It, if you leave your house at all, you know, but, um, so I think every Christian, like, especially in the high school, college years has memories where they were in with a rough crowd who, you know, were giving them the speech, how, you know, Christianity is the worst thing ever. And I have those memories too, but when it came to, um, you know, my, my, my surf career and being in the surf industry, I feel like God protected us from a lot of stuff, but we were actually a solid group of surfers, the, the, the Christians, me, Noah Snyder, Jesse Hines, and that crew that came off the Outer Banks. Uh, we had enough respect coming out of that East Coast crew that the companies out West, they respected us. And they're like, you guys, they knew, they just could sense the genuine nature of what we were doing in terms of like the surf movies that were Christian and stuff. And so they didn't ask too much questions. I'm sure it wasn't their favorite thing, you know, that like we were making these, you know, in their view, like religious videos, you know, while they're paying us to surf for them. But there was never too much flack we got from that. In fact, it was supportive. You know, I know that like Noah, he rode for Billabong. And when Billabong kind of switched over to Hurley through Bob, Bob Hurley, um, he did that switch. Um, and Bob has always been a believer. So Noah never got any backlash from his main sponsor. and. And, and I sensed it here and there. And uh, there was a couple of times in my career where I, I was sponsorless and I had to go find a new main sponsor. And, uh, and yeah, it probably didn't serve me well with a couple of rejections I got, but you know, ultimately you don't view any of it like that. Cause God opens so many doors. Mm-hmm. You kind of forget sometimes the ones that maybe he closed for you. Yeah, so, yeah. um, 
you know, to live in the blessing of the Lord, to live in the palm of God, um, you know, being a Christian, we, we know we don't impress God. The whole thing about being a Christian is, uh, knowing, uh, is being willing to admit how bad you are and that you need help, that you're lost at sea without the lifesaver that God throws you. Um, you know, and when we come to God, we say, Lord, I need you. Uh, I'm not going to make it piloting my own ship here. I give you my life. You give it to me. I'll give it back with my free will that you put so much emphasis on. So here's my life, Lord, come into my life, make me whole, wash me with the blood of Jesus, you know? And then when we do that, we come into his blessing as well. So I look back at my life and sure. There's a lot of times where I was like, Ooh, I took a hit, you know, in life. And I was like, Oh, I might not recover from that. And in some areas of your life, you do not recover from that, you know, like they, God's, you know, lets certain things die in your life. Um, but, but ultimately I can only thank him for, for navigating my life for me. You know, when I look back at it and I'm like, well, you're definitely smarter than me, obviously, but you see that he's smarter than you. <laughs> no, no doubt, man. That's so good, Matt. And it remind, it really reminded me right away what you were just saying there of when Jesus is like, Hey, there's not, you're going to have to, you're going to give up this, this, and this, and this, you know, these relationships you're going to lose these things but nobody who gives those things up is not going to return not going to not get those things back and more and so like you say you take those hits but like um what what we have in christ jesus both hope for now and hope for uh life with him forever like that just supersedes all the the difficulty that he'll he'll walk with us through so oh i wanted to add to what you said like and a lot of times that turns into like that um because I 100% agree, agree with what you just said, that it all comes back. But sometimes that's not even here, you know, like I've almost died in two car wrecks in my life, one at age 16, one at age 26. I, I should have died in both of those, right? So I know that it can like end at any time, you know? And I was just at a funeral this week of my buddy's mom who died in a car accident and their dad almost died in a car accident in the same accident. And, uh, and, you know, it's like, it could be over at any time. And my, my point is like, a lot of times when we think things are going to come back to us, nothing's promised, uh, in this life, but, but the blessing of God is promised and those things will come back, whether it's, and come back is not even the best way to put it. Those blessings will continue to flow from him, whether it's in this life or when we're with him, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and that's important to know so you can avoid all kinds of, uh, what do you call it, like success theology and all that stuff. No, that's good. I mean, Hebrews talks about those who are clinging to the promise who don't even get to see it fully realized, but they're clinging to God because he's the one who's going to eventually fulfill it. But yeah, it's not a, he is the promise, right? Like he's the blessing, the relationship of, of, of uh, Jesus, the son and, and God, the father and the Holy Spirit. That's the. That's the uh, fulfillment. That's the blessing. So yeah, Joe, I think that's the point right there. It was what you made. I didn't think to put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. He's the blessing, and you know, it, ultimately, it's all about him. And uh, we wouldn't even know what life is, or breath in our lungs, or eyeballs to see if it wasn't for him. So it all comes back to him in the end. Yeah, so good. Hey, um, Matt. On a lighter note, any memorable stories in your surf career or uh, that you're like, man, this is one a story that I've told quite a bit to other people. Want any that stand out to you? Is there anything that sticks out from my surf career? Oh man! Or just like crazy memories, uh, almost died. Yeah, there's tons. 
Um, I don't know. Do, do we need like a shark story or something? <laughs> Bro, you got an all, if, you, if you have an all-time story or a shark story, like I'm all in on shark stories. I think people like danger stories better than people's good stories. Like I could tell you about yeah. the first big air I ever landed. No, I'll tell you a quick shark story. So uh, after my surf career was over, I got the opportunity, which was amazing. I was here on the Outer Banks, but it, it unlike like now I'm here and I feel like this is my home and, you know, it would take a lot to move. But uh, when I was here on the Outer Banks less than a decade ago for a couple of years, I really had this like, uh, let me get out of here feeling. So I was really trying hard to get a job in California. Um, and I, it was a slight chance I would get this job in Hawaii through my buddy. And uh, all my efforts in California failed, but my buddy did give me the thumbs up that I could work for him in Hawaii. So I lived in Hawaii in my late 30s. I'm 43 now, but I lived in Hawaii in my late 30s for three and a half years. And uh, I surfed more in that time period than I did when I was a pro. <laughs> wow. So it just, I really got, I really got to burn myself out on some Hawaiian waves, which was cool. Uh, but there's sharks over there. I mean, there's sharks everywhere, but the water's clear there and you, you can see them every now and then over there. So I'll just give you a quick shark story. Like it's no joke, dude. I lived across the channel from this spot that's known for being really sharky. And this, this kid had his leg bitten off right across the street from my house while I was living there um, by, by a tiger shark. But, okay. So I was at this one break in Hawaii and I saw three sharks there in the three years that I, that I lived there, but this one time was crazy just because I realized how fast a shark can be if he wants to be. <laughs> so the waves are like 10 foot on the face and, uh, and I'm paddling out and there's a guy about 50 feet in front of me or whatever about to duck dive this wave. And he's got his head down and he's about to plunge his head into the water and above him, about five feet above him in this wave, this shark, comes from the left-hand side and goes to the right-hand side at about, I, it had to have been like 40 miles an hour. It was so fast. It may be more than that. If I don't know how fast the shark can go. We'll have to look that up. But it seemed like, it, it seemed like 60 miles an hour, but I don't know if that's possible. But this shark went above him so fast. I think it was a tiger. I, I In the split second I saw him, he was massive. I could see like the little stripes on the bottom oh, side. Man. But, uh, and so then I ducked over the wave, right? And I was like, whoa, that was crazy. And um, I was like, did I just see what I thought I did? did? Am I seeing things? No way. I just saw that. So I'm like, should I tell people, you know? Yeah. And uh, I ducked over another couple waves. And then I looked to my left-hand side and there's a girl paddling out. She's, and she glances at me and I glanced at her and we're both kind of like weird looks on her face. So I go, did you just see that? And she goes, yep, like this. And I was like, should we tell anybody? And she's like, well, maybe. So I started telling a couple of people and then it kind of went through the lineup that, uh, you know, we'd just seen a massive tiger out there and some people, a couple of people paddled in or whatever. And then some locals just got mad out there. They're like, they're just like yelling and stuff like what they're out here every single time we're out here anyway, I'm not going anywhere. So just funny, dude. But it was so crazy to realize that, that, um, 
that even above you in a wave, a shark could cruise by at like 45 miles. Yeah, I mean, it Oof. is it is kind of a crazy thought to think because, I mean, I I feel like I've seen some, well, I have definitely seen some sharks surfing and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to swim in, you know, I'm like going to out paddle it. Yeah, right. right. You're not getting away from a shark. Uh, no. The guy that ducked dove that the shark went above him, I never, you know, he kept paddling out the back, so I don't know who that was. <laughs> I don't think he ever knew there was a. Dude, he paddled he paddled actually all the way back to california he was Bro, like, so yeah <laughs> hey somewhere in there there's a metaphor if you ever have to teach about not even knowing just how close that call was yeah. totally exactly hey, maybe that's what maybe that's what i write my devo on after google that. says google says top burst speeds at least for a great white shark can be up to 35 miles per hour the entire okay i'm claiming all 35 oh, that is really fast actually if you were to see that happening you know in not a car doing that you would be like that would be real. right and what was bizarre what i thought like i might have seen that like my brain made it up was he never he never disturbed the smooth surface of that wave even that fast like nothing was disturbed in the wave and it was just like bizarre to see yeah it's crazy and even in perspective i'm thinking like i used to wakeboard behind a boat a lot and they would pull you at like 23 24 and miles an hour flying. and then every now and then you'd be like crank it up you know and you go up to 28 miles an hour and you would be cooking yeah. and i'm thinking you got to go even faster than that and then sharks are swimming at that <laughs> speed dude. passing you on the left yeah that's crazy <laughs> Well, man, speaking of, and, and maybe just kind of as a sign off, um, speaking of the Devos, if anyone probably, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably do this. So, uh, we've been, we've been sharing some of the Christian surfers Devos through the pursuit collective. So if anyone pops on the website, clicks surf or reads Devos, um, we have a couple on there that Matt has actually written. Yeah. So, man, we're super grateful for you, for your um, support, for you believing Matt in media. I think um, you you honestly were a big part of inspiring what we're doing, even this podcast now, yep. paving the way. I mean, you're, you're just a little bit older than I am, but um, not a lot of people do it. Not a lot of people are going after media or saying, oh, yeah, I want to make videos or if I'm going to use I'm going to use videos as a tool for ministry. And so, man, thank you so much for all the years that, that you have invested into, whether it's through Walking on Water, videos that you were making with Nick. Um, they've blessed me. I know they've blessed many others. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to do stuff together, whether it's through this podcast, Pursuit Collective, or, you know, making more surf films. Maybe yeah. I know you're you're still surfing. Maybe your uh, surf film days aren't over yet. <laughs> Maybe not. And I, I'm honored to hear you say all that, Mark. I really appreciate it, bro. And and Joe, great to meet you today as well. You too, man. It's been it's been fun. Let me let, ask this one last question, and then we can kind of sign off here. But so, you, as you head off into the sunset here, you're raising your you're raising your girls, you and your wife. Like, what does it? What does the next? What do the next few years look like for you? Um, well, uh, continue in ministry, and uh, and yeah, just trying to be a good dad and and not miss the moments it happened you know everyone says it happens quick it's ha happening lightning quick and uh yeah re really just sinking into being a dad and, and trying to uh be a good steward with this ministry opportunity is my uh you know immediate future that's that's our that's our plan good man well we really appreciate it i can't wait to check out that short film uh, hopefully it comes online the angler uh, with you and your wife and and uh, one of your daughters i think and then, uh, yeah, we'll just keep in, we'll keep in touch and hopefully we can get on a trip together soon. Guys, thank you so much. And, uh, and God bless you with all the ministry work you guys do. I'm super inspired since day one of ride nature and, um, and, lo and love to see the, uh, evolution of it each year. So, so, uh, can, can I close this out in a quick prayer? Yeah, man, yeah. absolutely. 
you got ask you bless these guys mark and joe and the whole ride nature effort we just give it to you lord god and and as we uh, collaborate on some stuff in the future just please lord just uh uh, uh, make our path straight lord and tell and let us know what to do at each twist and turn life is a great adventure lord and with you at the with you in the pilot seat it makes a lot more sense lord um we ask that we would inspire people to even have a relationship with you and surrender their heart back to you lord and we just give you this day and thanks for this podcast in jesus name amen 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 thank you so much brother we'll talk to you soon thanks guys Thank you guys for listening. Um, Just as a reminder, like always, trading in the endless pursuits for one that leads to hope in life. Together we become the Pursuit Collective.